A young man went into a Walgreens store to buy three boxes of chocolates. A small box, a medium box, and a large box. And when the clerk asked him about the three boxes, he said, Well, he said, I'm going over to a new girlfriend's house for supper, and then we're going to go out. He said, if she only lets me hold her hand, then I'm going to give her a small box. But if she lets me kiss her, then I'm going to give her a medium box. But if she lets me smooch seriously, then I'll give her a big box. And he made the purchases, and then he left. And that evening, as he sat at the dinner table with his girlfriend's family, he asked if he could say the prayer before the meal. And he began to pray, and he prayed an earnest, intense prayer that lasted for almost five minutes. When he was finished, his girlfriend said, You never told me that you were such a religious person. And he said, And you never told me your dad worked at Walgreens. (laughs) Oh, well. This past Wednesday night, we started a new series on War Room that Jen talked about, and it's just so powerful. We, we begin to show some clips of that, and, and I just want to encourage you to come out Wednesday night. Uh, we're getting so much out of that and, and, and what that is all about. And today, we want to, we're doing a message today, and then we're having communion later that has to do with prayer and how important that it is. As a matter of fact, George Barna studied... Uh, discovered that 33% of adults in our country have not attended a Christian church in the last year. 33%. 89 have not attended a Sunday school class in the last year. But 81%, everybody say 81%, claim to have prayed in the last week, okay? So Jesus knew that people would pray, and Jesus said, when you pray. Everybody say, when you pray. And he wanted to teach them the way that they needed to pray to get results. As a matter of fact, when the disciples began to observe Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. We, we, we want to pray like you pray because you have results in your prayers. And uh, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, he said in Matthew 5, 6. And Jesus began to point out the common mistakes of prayer. And he began to expose the human tendency to pray pridefully and, 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 and being a hypocrite in the way you pray. And we talked this past Wednesday night. We said, number one, we have been invited and expected to pray. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, then you can call upon me and pray unto me, and I will listen to you. How many of you know God still answers prayer? And we said we have been provided reasons to pray, and we gave that scripture to bring healing to our nation. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray, he said, I will hear from heaven. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then we have proof that prayer works when Elijah, God heard Elijah, and we find in 1 Kings 17, 22, and here's what it says. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back unto him. In other words, not only did Jesus raise the dead, Elijah raised the dead in the Old Testament as well because God heard him pray. Elijah began to pray. He shut up the heavens for three and a half years. And then when he began to pray again, the rains began to come. In other words, God was hearing this man. And how many of you know God hears us today? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we ask you to teach us to pray. Lord, teach us as you taught your disciples that we may see your glory. God, not not just to heap upon us uh, things, 
But, Lord, that we may seek your kingdom. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us today to, to learn to pray in the rightful way. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, go with me, if you would, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. It's also in your outline, if you've got an outline this morning. And I'm going to read that. I always kind of look along there with me as I'm reading out loud. It says, Whenever you pray. In other words, Jesus knew that people would pray. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues or on the street corners to be seen by people. And he says this, Jesus said this, I assure you, they've got the reward. In other words, that's the only reward they're getting. In other words, that's their reward right there. But when you pray, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the adulterers, since they imagine they may be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things that you need before you ask. How many of you would say amen to that? See, God knows what you have need of, you know, but God wants us to ask him in a relational way. Now, have you ever wondered why we close our eyes when we pray? Have you under, ever wondered why we have this tendency to, to bow our heads? It's not commanded in the scripture, but it can help us to give us a, a reverence to an unseen God who is sovereign and king. It's a sign of respect and all that we have. And I think, you know, it's just something that's within us that given God uh, awe and given God reverence that we bow our heads or we close our eyes or we get on our knees. It also mirrors the Old Testament assumption that man cannot view a holy God and live uh, to tell about it. Secondly, it's less about awe and worship than it is about practical distractions, contrary to, uh, you know, filling their eyes or ears or minds with things of this world. So I want you to think about this morning, perhaps it's akin to shutting the door. Everybody say shutting the door. Shutting the door and shutting the world out so the believers can truly be near to God and can begin to hear God. So today we encounter the where of where our proper prayer life needs to begin. The Bible communicates that we should pray without ceasing. Now, if I'm praying without ceasing, I said Wednesday night, if I'm going down the road and I'm praying without ceasing, I don't want to close my eyes while I'm driving. Somebody say amen. I mean, you can pray, but, you know, there is a time that God wants you to have some shut-the-door time, that I would say, and get in your secret place that he may reward you openly. In other words, you shut the world out. So this implies that anywhere is a good place to pray, though this may not mean a silent, it might be silent prayer, but when you really want to get intimacy, intimate with the Heavenly Father and you really want to get to that place where you want to be rewarded and God is going to bless you, you want to get to a secret place. Now, we should pray all the time. We should pray without ceasing. We, we need to pray over everything, pray about everything, okay? But we need to have a consistent prayer life that, that we go in and we shut that door and we shut everything out. Spontaneous prayer could be part of a daily response to each situation. However, the scripture also communicates that we should have scheduled prayer life too. Can I get a witness? So Jesus, he modeled this by having a scheduled place to talk to his father. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says this. Now in the morning, having risen a little while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. 
And also in Luke 5, 16, it says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness, and there he prayed. Talking about Jesus. And also in John chapter 18 and verse 2, And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. Everybody say the place. Jesus had a place. And Judas, one of his disciples that betrayed him, he knew where that place was. He knew where to take the soldiers to get arrest Jesus because he knew where Jesus would be and where he would be praying. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. So when Jesus said we should shut the door, he was inviting us to be focused intimacy with God and intimate with God. By shutting out the world when we pray, we may be truly committed to beseeching and receiving what God wants in our lives. If you believe that, say amen. So by shutting the door, we, should, we, we pray in three lessons that we're going to be talking about this morning when you shut the door. Three lessons. And let me just say this. I have a, t- uh, you know, I pray all the time. Matter of fact, I'm, at, I'm sitting at, at my computer or, and I, a phone rings or, and, and Jacob will patch somebody into me that uh, somebody needs prayer. And I pray with them over the phone. And many times I do that all throughout the week. Uh, people call me, Pastor, I need you to pray with me. I agree with them right there in prayer. Uh, there's sometimes I'm in the hospital or whatever. Matter of fact, this week, I, uh, Vicky, we led a, a, a man to, to the Lord where you work, uh, you know, gave his heart to Jesus. I went and prayed with him, and I asked him, he's 78 years old. I said, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He said, no, I don't. I said, would you like to? He said, I would, and we led him to the Lord right there. So, you know, prayer, we can pray all the time, and we do. We need to uh, have a, t- a part of us that we are just, we, we pray. That's what we do. In other words, we pray. We can change circumstances. We can change things through our prayers because God hears us. Somebody say Amen. Asking it shall be given, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be opened to you. And we have, we can have intimacy with our Heavenly Father. But I also have a place where I shut the door. Matter of fact, we have, uh, we have four bedrooms in our house and there's only two of us. So I, I have my own bedroom and I can go in there. I can shut the door. I can even lock the door. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and what's so unique about that is I kind of shut everything out and everybody out. And let me tell you something. I don't take my cell phone in there. Come on, somebody. I don't take my iPhone in there. Come on, somebody. I don't take my iPad in there. Come on, somebody. It's not in the computer room. Come on, somebody. In other words, I just leave some of those, I leave those things outside and begin to pray and seek God. And God answers prayers. Somebody say amen. amen. So I, I tell you, I'm going to give you a secret this morning. The three secrets you need to see this morning of, of getting prayers answered in your life. You need, first of all, you need to have a place designated where you pray. You need to make a place where you can go pray and shut the door. And that shutting the door, there's, there, there's something powerful about that. So number one, write this in your notes. Shutting the door shifts the focus off of others. Shutting the door, notice this, shifts the focus off of others. Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your doors. Everybody say, shut your door. And pray to your father who is in secret. Now, remember this. Remember, the issue with the hypocrites was they love attention. So this is the opposite of that. In other words, there's no attention to get because you're in there by yourself. You're in there with the door shut. You're in there with you and God, and there's nobody else. So with no one to impress, no one to imitate or evaluate you, we can simply focus on God and focus on him and pray to him, focusing on others and what they think is why it matters, and it's a trap. As a matter of fact, it, it sets a trap for us because we're conscious as other people. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, I can't really pray in front of other people because I'm so, uh, so conscious of them. How many of you would be honest this morning when you've been asked to pray, you've been more concerned about impressing others than you were God? 
And it's just, you know, you didn't raise your hand, but you, you could say amen to that, I'm sure. And that's the, I am the same way. It's like, you know, there, there's that, that consciousness is there. So trusting in God alone uh, to his glory and, and to our, is our greatest benefit. Here's what Psalms 29 and 25 says. The fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man brings a snare, okay? But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. I want to be safe. And I, I don't want to put my uh, trust in man. I don't want to, you know, focus on him. I, you, know, you know, we too many times we're trying to impress other people. Folks, the one we really need to impress is God. If you believe that, say amen. The one that we really need to be concerned about is God. And that's the reason when you go in there and shut the door, things begin to happen. So fear has a devastating result. It can virtually paralyze an individual and make him helpless. That's what fear can do. But fear stops the flow of God's power. So how does one overcome fear? And that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. Dependence on God and the right relationship with him and the daily practice of faith overcomes fear in our lives. Somebody say amen. And we don't have to be fearful. So you know what? There's times when I go in my prayer room, I'm just, you know, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know about something or I have an anxiety about this or I, I've got to worry about that or whatever it may be. But when I go in there, I shut the door and I begin to pray to God, things begin to happen. So shutting the door shifts the focus off of others and it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's God and me in that room together, okay? So in our prayer closet, God delivers us from our fear, Psalms 27.1. David said in Psalms 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears, okay? And then in Joshua 1, 9 says, the Lord commanded in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. So when we, we may have fear when we go into that prayer closet, but let me tell you something, when we come out, we have faith in our hearts. Somebody say amen. Because God has energized us. So the Lord is my light and my salvation. And whom shall I fear, the psalmist said. The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So shutting the door, first of all, shutting the door takes the focus off of others. Write this down. Number two, shutting the door shifts the focus off of self. Okay, we talk about others. You've got to get others out of the way. And what about yourself? We've got to get self out of the way. With no one to impress, and we can become a little less self-conscious and more God-conscious when we're in that room. So we're conscious about what God is thinking. We're, we're more concerned about what God is thinking than, than what we're thinking. In our private prayer, God the Holy Spirit may reveal one or more things of who we are, okay, and more of who he is and how we walk in the light of his word. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you what. But there's been so many times when I'm in that secret place. Everybody say the secret place. That secret place, that place where there's just you and God in that place. As a matter of fact, Psalms 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I just know that God's power is there. God's power is real. And I can sense the Holy Spirit. And here's what Psalms 25 says. God, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble, he guides in justice. And the humble, he teaches his way. And the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. To such are his that keep his covenant and testimonies. Listen to this. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquities, for it is great. In other words, we find forgiveness in that place. Oh, my, we find health in that place. We, we find blessing in that place. Psalms 86, 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in 
your truths. Unite my heart to fear your name. So in it is in prayer that we discover our mind is actually divided in the first place. And matter of fact, I, I sometimes, I, how many of you would agree this morning, sometimes your mind is just all over the place? It's over here, it's over there, and it's just everywhere. And, but when you begin to get and focus on God and his kingdom and what God is doing in your life, let me tell you something, there's a, there's a single focus that comes into play. Then and only then can we make our plea to God and show us his way and the right pathway. Everybody say, plea the blood. I'm not saying that you're begging God. I'm talking about it's like in a, a court of law when there's a plea there, okay? In other words, there's a plea. There's a plea bargain. That's what it, you know. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, God is, is, is our judge. Come on, somebody. God is the one's on the throne. Come on, somebody. And, and, and Jesus is the one that's, that's there that's representing us. Let me tell you something. We can't go wrong. Somebody say amen. And we plead the blood. I remember, you know, a matter of fact, I... Uh, uh, we have a, a member of our congregation, Michelle Stanley, and her mother uh, was in that Xenia tornado, you know, and, and matter of fact, she, was, uh, she, she looked out the window and she saw that, that tornado coming right toward them. And, and matter of fact, it hit their house. And she said, you know, I heard about that pleading the blood. And she said, all I, need to do, all I need, knew to do, and said, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus. And she grabbed her little babies, and she ran in the bathroom, and she pulled the, a mattress over top of them. And she heard the cracking of the timbers and the, and the roof being blown off. She heard the office noise. It sounded like a freight train going through her house. And she said, Lord, I just plead the blood. And all of a sudden, it got as quiet. You could hear a mouse. And all of a sudden, she pulled the blanket back or pulled the mattress away, and the room was intact. And she opened the door, come on, somebody, and she was outside. The whole house was gone, but right where they were at, where she pleaded the blood, come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know God is still on the throne today? How many of you know God still hears today? Hallelujah. And he heard that plea. He heard that, that blood. You know, when the death angel passes over and those that have the blood of Jesus over them, oh, glory to God. Somebody say amen. So shutting the door shifts the focus off of others. Shutting the door shifts the focus off of self. And shutting the door, number three, write this down. Shifts the focus into his, uh, shifts God into his place of authority. Shifts God into his place of authority. Now, we, we are told that we should all put down our phones while driving. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. And, and at dinner and at theaters and churches, especially in churches, because if your cell phone rings, I get to an answer it in here. Come on, somebody. And I have done that, haven't our sister? <laughs> Uh, and when we're engaged in quality time with others, we should put the cell phones down, okay, and, and, and texting or whatever. That. So when you silence the ringer, or it eliminates the noise in order to focus on the face of the, of the person that's in front of you. It, 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 and it's an important illustration of worth. How many of you have ever been talking to somebody and they've been looking at their phone? Oh. What they're saying is, you're not worth much, but this right here is what I'm really concerned about. And, and folks, if you've got a problem that you need and someone's talking, you need to focus looking them in the eyes. Come on, somebody. You need to give them, you know, okay. Jesus did that regarding his father, and we should too in prayer. Somebody say amen. That's the reason you take the distractions away. It's between you and God, and you're talking to God. Jesus not only said that our father sees in secret, but he also says that he is in secret. 
So he is there. He is there. He is there listening to you. It is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street, but you're talking to God, and he begins to talk back to you. And through God is everywhere. We are more inviting and aware of his presence in that secret place because we know that he said he would join us there, and he is there. It is in that quiet prayer that we discover our minds is actually scattered and divided in the first place. As I said, sometimes my mind is all over the place. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just thinking, oh my, I just need to, my mind's just jumping all over the place. But when I just take time out and I begin to pray and seek God, let me tell you something, I get my mind right. Come on, somebody. I get my mind right. Through God is everywhere, you know, again, we are more inviting and aware of his presence in that secret place. When we become aware of his presence and the plea of God to eliminate our double-mindedness. Everybody say double-mindedness. See, the Bible says, you know, it, it talking about double-mindedness. You know, it, 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 you know double-minded man, you know, you, you can't go get anywhere with God. You, you know, you're wanting to go here, you're wanting to go there. You know, you need to get single focus in your mind. And you can do that in your prayer room. And God wants us to do that. And it gives us an undivided heart. It helps us to know God. It helps us to honor God. It helps us to surrender our will to his will. Somebody say amen. So listen to a couple more scriptures as we close this morning. In Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. Now when the evening was come, he was alone there. In other words, there was something about Jesus and the power that was in his life was his prayer life was, was so powerful. Luke 5, 16 says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness, and there he prayed. In other words, they, they, they recognize this about Jesus. Jesus. And Luke 6, uh, 12, it says this, Now it come to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain and prayed and continued praying all night in prayer. The Bible says when he chose his 12 disciples, he prayed all night long to do that. Let me tell you something. I tell you what, we would be, we have a lot more success if we would pray about things before we jump into something. And we seek God's face. Can I get a witness? Luke 22, 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and he prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Verse 43, Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Folks, I'm telling you, Jesus went through this situation in his life where he realized that his life was on the line. And he's thinking, Lord, is there any other way? Let me just say something. There, when you go in your prayer closet, let me tell you something. You're going to come out so strengthened because you're going to begin to know the will of God for your life. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Let me see your hand. You know, some people, you'll say, you know, Pastor, I, you know, I, I, I met this person. I'm going to marry them, and I want you to bless this union. No, i tell you what. What you need to do is you need to seek God and find out and get the right person first. Come on, somebody. And then the union's already blessed. You get the right person. You know, that's how you need to start out things. Let me close with this. Oswald Chambers says in his daily devotion, my uttermost for his highest. And I love that devotion. I have it. I've read through it. It says, unless you learn to open the door of your life completely and let God in from your first waking moment of each new day, you will be working on the wrong level throughout the day. But if you will swing open the door of your life, fully open, and pray to your Father who is in the secret place, every public thing in your life will be marked 
with the lasting imprint of the presence of God. How many of you want the presence of God in your life? You know, I want God in my life. I want God to walk with me. So shutting the door and spending time alone with God is a practice that we need. Shutting distracting doors in our minds so that we can solely focus on God is a discipline that we need to embrace today. Oh, hallelujah. Ultimately, when we shut the door of the world, it swings wide the entryway in welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and God can work in and through us. So when we pray, it brings a blessing. And where you pray... It will make your prayers more fruitful. So let me just, one more time, let me emphasize. Shutting the door focuses, shifts the focus off of others. Shutting the door shifts the focus off of self. And shutting the door shifts God into his place of authority. Somebody say amen. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. And we're going to have communion in just a little bit. But I want to pray with you today. And maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. I told you earlier that I led a uh, 78-year-old man uh, into the presence of the Lord this week, and he gave his heart to Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning, you've never done that. You know, here, here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. You know, here's the thing that you need to, uh, to, to, to think about. You know, the only, the only entrance, the only ticket that you need, you know, to get into heaven is you need to ask Jesus into your life. And what Jesus really wants is your will, okay? It's your will. That's the only thing you could give him. He, you, you can't work your way in. You're not worthy of it. But all he is doing is asking for your will. And the Bible says, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So as every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray with you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, I want to pray with you. Number two, if you do know Jesus this morning, I'm just trusting and believing that that. The second thing, that, that, that you're going to just draw a little closer to God today before we take communion. Now, the Bible says that, you know, when we take communion, we need to examine ourselves and you need, we need to understand and recognize who we are and remember that it's through his blood. It's through, uh, you know, that acceptance is what makes us righteousness and makes us whole and makes us clean. So, first of all, I want to pray. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. On the count of three, I want to pray with you. I want you to think about it. Do you know Jesus? Would you like to know Jesus this morning? That's all you need to do. You need to call upon the name of the Lord. A 78-year-old man this week, you know, a smile came across his face. And you could tell that the, 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 the old was passed away. You could tell the, everything became new in his life. You could tell that the Holy Spirit was doing a sovereign work in his life. And he'll do a sovereign work in your life this morning. Same way. As you call upon the name of the Lord, you might say, oh, pastor, I don't know if I'm really right with God. You need to raise your hand at this time, too. On the count of three, I want you, I want to pray with you, okay? One, two, three, raise your hand right now. Yes, 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 hallelujah. Oh, just raise the other hand. Let's just surrender our lives right now. Anyone else, just raise your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I see several hands that are going up in this building this morning. And I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh, Lord, I agree with them that, Lord, that you're our only hope. I agree with them that it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sins. And our only hope of righteousness, our only hope is through you. And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus, oh, God, that you cleanse us by your blood. Lord, I'm reminded in the Old Testament when the death angel passed across Egypt, 
uh, in, in Exodus chapter 12. It was that blood that was on the doorpost, uh, that, and it was a sign of a cross. That blood that was on the top of the doorpost, uh, and, and the sign uh, in the shape of a cross. And when the death angel passed over, Lord, they, they seen that blood, and they, those were those were spared, and those lived. Lord, we have life in the blood, and this morning we receive that from you. In Jesus' name. Repeat this prayer to me. I want us all to repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I need you in my life. You are my righteousness. I receive you right now. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah.